This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad and Travis Milton. Uh, fellas, it's the bye week. We have had a tranquil weekend. We're happy to talk about what y'all did this weekend. Had a nice weekend. One of the things, Josh, that, that happened to me this weekend was it was the first time, it feels like to me, in a long time as a Jets fan, where I had this feeling on the bye week. Oh, man, it's it's the bye week, as opposed mm. to, thank God it's the bye week. So. <laughs> <laughs> How was your how was your experience this week uh, with the bye? And were you, were you of a similar mindset, or am I kind of crazy in that way? No, similar similar for sure. It felt like I just want to I want to keep watching the Jets play football. Um, this team that's coming together and showing signs of hope um, with a schedule that's kind of wide open going forward. It felt like yeah, the first time that I wasn't thinking about can we can we intentionally lose this game and and just tank for a better draft pick um in in <laughs> yeah. quite a while so yeah it 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 i missed i missed jets football this weekend that's that's sure. a significant milestone yeah. in a, in a young boy's life that that absolutely is travis did you have any how were you feeling about this weekend was there a, a hole in your heart where the new york jets should be or were you just scarfing down on cheesy bread watching the uva game how how did your weekend go <laughs> That 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 did happen. Uh, I, I taped it, and that was a lot of fun. Um, got to see uh, my my niece out there uh, briefly. She's the uh, choreography director for the the cheer squad and the dance squad, so that was pretty cool. That's um, awesome. That's yep. cool. And uh, yeah, I actually was, and it's a combo of of just what you said, uh, Josh. The you know they're, they're 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 playing good. It's been so long since I think we've seen that, and you know I I always worry about coming out of bye week. So I'm like, let's just keep going, keep going. Uh, that <laughs> combined with no Dodger baseball, you know I'm I'm just you know starved. Mm-hmm. It's all all Jets all the time for me right now. That and I was that and I had to work my ass off this weekend. I got my ass kicked at the restaurant. Like it was so busy. And, uh, I would have welcomed well, any any reason, even even a Jets blowout loss, to uh to, to get some time sitting on a couch. 
what what happened? What happened? Did you have a big event or just like people are in for the leaf peeping? What, what's going yeah, on? Li- yeah, the, the goddamn leafers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tons of tons of leafers. And then, uh, yeah, I had like a, a big event last night and uh, birthday parties and weddings and anniversaries and just stuff all over the place. But uh, yeah, super busy. Um, were were, were Thomas Jones on- and Terrell Davis in? No, oh, yeah. they were not. They were not. Um, no, can just, you tell just that story? Not about. Can, can you tell that story? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know so... if you can. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. You need, you need to start with the text you sent Josh and I weeks ago. Yes. This. So this was thing. like Labor Day weekend, I want to say, and uh, you know, I'm I'm going through like our, our reservations and check ins and stuff, and like I'm I'm looking. And uh, there's this one day, like right at Labor Day weekend, where there's these two uh, yurts. You know, we've got a bunch of yurts on property that uh, are a part of the hotel, and they're side by side. And, and let me be clear: these yurts do not smell like yaks or or uh, no. cattle farmers or anything like that. These are the the flyest yurts you've ever seen in your these life. These are, are straight super up high, high quality yeah. yurts, baby. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and. uh so yeah, they're they're super high quality and they cost more than a room here, uh, you know, because you get your own little, you know, nice fully furnished and, and yeah. kitchenette, shaman, you know, uh, yeah. shaman, you get your own in the shaman. Wood. You get you get shaman, you get you get shaman. <laughs> Don't squeeze the shaman. No shaman, but shaman. Um, oh and and I'm going through the reservations and and there's two of them side by side and the the names on the reservation. One of them is. Terrell Davis, and then the one right beside it is Thomas Jones, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh my god, you know that that could kind of <laughs> yeah, make sense. Baby. I mean, they were both like running backs; they were both really, yeah. really good. You know, I could totally see TJ's your boy, Thomas like Jones you guys from yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I know Thomas, um, so I was like, yeah, this could totally, you know, totally be the the, the they they should they could be coming here. And then I look, and then there's a reservation in the books, and uh, for the for the uh, restaurant, and I'm I'm stoked, and like I text you guys, and I'm like, oh man, this is so awesome, and uh, then lo and behold, it's just two crusty old white dudes from the outer banks of North Carolina <laughs> who somehow no. both have names, <laughs> the same, both share wah, names, wah. the two yeah. amazing NFL running backs, and uh, I, it was like the <laughs> biggest letdown ever. Like I'm I'm asking the hostess, I'm like, I'm like, did you see like two dudes that look like they used to be like you know football players walk in, and they're like, no, and I was like, well, they're supposed to be at like table forty three, and they're like. Well, we sat forty three, and it's the it's the correct reservation. I look, look <laughs> over, and it's just like it's just a couple of Uncle Ricos, yeah, dude. It's it's Uncle Rico's. It's the most no, no, no. Toast Uncle Rico. It's the ever. grandma's boyfriend. It's the grandma's boyfriend. Oh not, not yeah, Uncle that Rico. guy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you remember the a, remember yeah. the Sports Center commercial with like uh, th- that exact scenario? And it's like Michael Jordan checking in for reservation, and the guy, the host, looks up and he's just like, oh. Like he's, he's like super disappointed because it's clearly not the Michael Jordan he thought it was going to be on the reservation. Yeah. I came very close when I went to the table to to just looking those two dudes in the face, like while they're mm-hmm. sitting there talking to their wives, and be like, "I can't tell you how much I enjoyed watching you guys on the field." You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is you should have done know, it anyway. You guys yeah. look bigger on TV, yeah. a little different, but man, yeah. man you guys were were great. What, what careers you had? 
Thanks. So Thanks. I, I was in I was in asbestos for twenty five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Charmin uh, salesman. That's right. <laughs> Don't squeeze so, the Charmin. Yeah. So so Travis is um Travis is staying busy. He's got photo shoots. Um, we're but yeah, we're we're kind of glad we're through the buy, which is which is a it's a bit of a different feeling. Um, we're not at the halfway point, but you know the buy kind of represents that let's say spiritual halfway point of the season, right, Josh? So, like, so mm. Travis, where, where do we go from here at this point? Like, I, it, like we've seen the team obviously through six games. Um, they've got they've got a little more to go, um, but like when you think about this team and you think about kind of what is coming ahead of them, I know we've talked about the schedule coming up and it flattens out and, you know, both Miami and the bills lose on, on Sunday last weekend. Um, I don't know. How are you feeling about this team and their, and their chances and kind of what, what's going to happen over the next two months, this team? I really think that the team is, is starting to find their identity. Um, I, I think it started about three weeks ago and I think that that has contributed to, uh, Zach Wilson playing better. Um, you know, I really think it is going to be let the defense do its thing. Um, that's their bread and butter. Um, get Brees Hall, the the rock, um, as, as long as they're kind of not, you know, putting Dalvin Cook hugely into the game plans and, you know, stuff like that. I think that – I think it's a good formula, and I think that it's a good formula until the possibility of Aaron Rodgers coming back, you know, happens. Uh but yeah, I don't. That's that's the one wild card for me. It's like I don't know where the team goes with that because all of a sudden, you know, you've got this identity is like this running team that's relying on the defense, and you know, or, or, or is the is the offense going to completely open up and it's going to mm. be a completely different team that we're watching? You know, once once that possibly happens, I mean, who the hell knows when it'll happen? But. um that's the one worry that I have, but I think for right now, like the, the identity is good. And as long as they, they stick to that formula, um, I think we're going to be pretty damn all right. And uh, the bills aren't looking as mighty as they have in the past. The, the dolphins definitely have some flaws and yeah, I like, I, I feel really, really good about the the schedule. I just, I'm always scared about that week coming out of a bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so Josh, what do you think? What do you think about like, when you just think about what's coming up ahead, uh, I do want to talk a yep. little bit about where we were, what we've seen so far. But like, but yeah, when you when you think about what we've seen and ha- what that leads to was ahead, what what do you think about this team? Yeah, eleven eleven games remaining on the schedule. Um, roughly, there's probably seven games where we're going to probably be favored to win. Um, going into those into those games as favorites, um, when when those seven and you're you're in the mix, and so if what we've seen recently. Um, obviously the, the game against the Eagles is probably the, the, the peak so far of the first six games we've seen out of this team, but <clears throat> play similarly to how you played in that Philly game. Um, limit turnovers, don't expose Zach to hero ball, play really great friggin' defense and run the ball. Um, there's no reason to think that this can't be, um, a 10 win team, but we have seen in the past, you know, last year was evidence, beat the Bills, go on a bye week, and then it mm-hmm. all kind of, fell apart um i think we went in five and two uh into the bye week last year you know, somewhere around the five and two mm-hmm. um and it felt like the the snowball effect after that of, of poor play from zach loss of confidence gets benched mike white and then the season's toast and so um to travis's point 
the Giants, who a week ago I felt like, oh, this will be this is going to be a cakewalk, um, played pretty well, and you know, you know, deserving of a win, whatever. But like, um, <clears throat> held the Commanders to I think seven points, and so you know, if we're still also an offense that's that's going to struggle to score, um, th- this is going to have to be a defensive team. Um, defensive mindset that's still going forward. But again, seven out of the remaining 11 look like we're at least, you know, partially, maybe barely favored in some of those, but probably favored. Um, feels, feels like if we can come out, establish, beat the Giants as we should, take care of business in some of these games, um, we should be climbing the standings in the AFC um, and maybe staring down a, a possible playoff push. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. The schedule's going to get harder, you know, for the Bills. They've already had a tough, a tough go of it. You know, they're a bit of a, I mean, I, I don't know. And it's, it's, it is early in the season to say exactly, you know, what's going to happen the remainder of the way, but they sure do feel like a, a fraudulent, you know, like, you know, shoe into to the AFC East. Uh, you know, Miami has been playing well. Obviously, you know, they play a, <laughs> vastly superior uh, Philadelphia team on, on Sunday night. And uh, like, but I, I'm also of the mind that like, well, the transit of property applies. Jets beat Eagles, Eagles beat Dolphins, Jets beat Dolphins. Like it doesn't, doesn't work like that. Like I know I, I wish it worked like that, but it just does not work like that in the NFL. Right. Like that's why there is the phrase any given Sunday. So, um, so like I, but I do feel a lot better about the Jets chances in the East and kind of, you know, at least contending or making some noise through the remainder of the season based on, right. Based on the, the level of, of play that they're going to, that they're going to get to, you know, go up, right. Giants, right. They're surging a little bit. feels like they're, they're starting to, you know, feel the pressure of needing to uh, put some wins together. I mean, the booze have been brutal in, uh, in the Meadowlands for the Giants, the last couple of games. Um, yeah. Like you, you look at the net and then, and then chargers that I don't think the chargers are a great team, but I do think that they are certainly a better offensive team than, than the jets right now. So, um, so that that's going to be dangerous Raiders, you know, who knows jets always seem to struggle against the Raiders, no matter who's their coach and you know, who's on the team. Um, they get that bills away. Uh, and then, you know, like we're starting to get into the meat of it, right? Bills, Dolphins, and then Falcons, you know, kind of going into starting December. Like, yeah, as you say, there's a bunch of winnable games and, you know, things are pretty close in the division. So over the next six weeks, it's going to be very interesting to see who, um, you know, where the standings sit and, and where the Dolphins, you know, wind up. And, you know, is what is what happened last night? Is that going to be more? Uh, you know, indicative of, of what they're going to do going forward. I mean, they're not going to keep playing teams like the Eagles. So, um, so I think they'll, they'll certainly, you know, recover from that. But, but yeah, in terms of the Jets, like it is interesting to see Zach Wilson for him to kind of understand and appreciate 
and be in that, you know, caretaker role. Um, and I, I think he's doing a good job at it. I mean, is he leaving some points and throws, you know, on the board? Sure. But he's much more accurate than he's ever been in his career. Like he's climbing the pocket like we've, we've never seen him before. And he's just not making the dumb mistakes, you know, with the football or with, you know, control, you know, holding on to it or whatever. Yeah, he did have that one, uh, you know, fumble against the Chiefs, right, against the Chiefs where, where they lost. Mm-hmm. But like he just seems to get it more than he ever has um, and and kind of under understand that role and have an offense that's seeming to work for him. So so yeah, like now the question is, have the other teams had enough ta- time like to look at the tape mm-hmm. to see what the Jets are doing well? Are they then going to adjust back to the Jets seem to be doing on offense? It's hard to know. And then right, it's hard to know what what it's going to look like with the um, with the offensive line, you know, in its kind of current current state of affairs. You know, can you? Can you still expect that Brees is going to, you know, get the level of um, attention uh, that he needs to take the pressure off Zach? Or can they both stymie Brees Hall because the line's struggling and stop Zach, like, you know, do both? Um, You know, that remains to be seen. I think, like, the defense, uh, we don't even need to talk about the defense. Uh, You know, they're like, if they're they're healthy, if Sauce and Reed are, are back, like, I just think this is going to be the best side of the ball, of course, and, and the one we have to worry about the least. Um, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll take care of matters. Sure. Certainly they'll let up 20 points, you know, 25 points a game to, to teams like the chargers or the dolphins that, that could certainly happen. Um, but like, I'm still not going to hang the loss on their head, right. If it's not all going to be to them. So, so like, I, yeah, the team's in a good spot. Like I'm very, but like, this is really kind of, moving month or whatever you want to say for, for the jets. Like we're going to really know who this team is by the time, you know, by, by that like black Friday game uh, against the dolphins on, um, on November 24th. So um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Interesting times. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, all right. So gentlemen, where do we go from here? We, we don't have like, we're not trying to like, you know, do a bunch of diagnostics and stuff like that this week. Um, but like, what is it going to take? This is the big question. I want to think like we were kind of talking about this before we taped the pod. Like what is it going to take realistically? Who needs to really come into their own as leaders, as producers, as starters, as, you know, backup players or whatever, who needs to come into their own between now and the end of the season for this team to go to the playoffs? Josh, any, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think, I think my first two thoughts, um, I think so much is going to depend on the offensive line. Um, health-wise, uh, is Dwayne Brown coming back? What's his role? Is Tipman back? What, what's that look like? Um, Becton. So there's there's just a number of of, the, of question marks up front um, that feel like the biggest, just the the biggest area of need um, to figure out. Um, and so it's it's just the offensive line as a unit getting healthy um, and then reacclimating. A guy like Dwayne Brown has been out. Um, Joe Tittman, who who you know was injured, and so that's 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 probably what I'm keying in most this week um, in this Giants game to see how cohesive, how how communicative is that line up front. Um, you know, just covering each other, making sure that we're establishing good good pocket opportunities for Zach um, and opening up running lanes for for Brees. Um, the other one though that is is just kind of interesting to me. It's been a little bit backburnered. 
I think by a lot of people since uh, Aaron Rodgers went down, um, is Garrett Wilson. Um, I'm super curious mm-hmm. to see um, a guy like that, young guy, obviously all the talent in the world, all the upside, all the hype. Um, you know, a, a, he had a pretty good game against Philly, got a lot more targets the last couple weeks before the bye. Um, that's a guy that I'm looking to, to like take that next step forward um, and not just be a young hype guy or, you know, a, a young guy that, that people are expecting a lot out of in the future. But the future kind of starts now, Garrett. Um, you got to start breaking some stuff um, and living up to some of this hype. And I'm not mad at them for anything. I'm not frustrated. But um, now would be a really good time these next couple of weeks. Um, as like you just said, um, as tape builds around <clears throat> seemingly good Zach and how, how Zach is adjusted to pressure and rollouts and designed rollouts and staying in the pocket, stepping up in the pocket. Now it's going to really be on Garrett, um, you know, to start producing at a high level. If that's, if that's who you truly are, if you belong in that upper echelon of receivers in the league, um, your Devonte Adams, you know, other guys, Tariq Hill, all these guys, like if that's, if that's the category of guy that you are, um, it does require that you take that next step forward. So my hope is a bye week off an Eagles win. He and Zach even more in sync. Garrett leading that wide receiver room. McCole Hardman no longer there. If there was any friction going on between maybe even him and Gibson and the coaching staff, his usage that that's been taken care of this bye week. Um, and so it, this is Garrett's room now at this point. Garrett, you you really got to be the guy going forward if uh, if we're making a step forward as an offensive unit. Uh, any any other thoughts, Travis, on people that need to step up? I'm gonna say tight ends. Um, mm. You know, as as the issues with the the offensive line have grown, you know, I've, I've I know I've talked a lot about the two and three tight end sets, um, and with that, you know, people like Uzama are gonna have to step up. You've seen you know kind of flashes from Conklin. You've seen a little bit of flashes here. I think you've seen flashes from all of them. Conklin being the most consistent, and Ruckert being the one that doesn't see the field as often. Uh, but I think the the more that we're going to be seeing them on the field, the more they're going to be stepping up uh, within their roles, not just in you know catching the ball over the middle, but also within blocking and covering for you know that that right tackle spot. Because I I don't know that there's an answer out there uh, unless we we trade. Um, I know that there's a couple people I've, I've, I've heard rumors of, you know, being, being available and, and possibilities and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, right now the question mark is, is can, you know, if Dwayne Brown comes back, can you move Dwayne Brown to right tackle? And then what happens at right guard as Josh was talking about between Tipman and Schweitzer, how long Tipman's going to be out. So a, a lot of the, the, a lot of the onus of this is going to start falling towards, you know, a lot of the, the heavy lifting is going to start moving to, to the, the tight ends on that right side. So I think their roles are going to become more prominent and they're, they are the, they're the ones for me that are going to be in a step up point. Yeah. I, I, I think your point about, you know, trades or, you know, going to, going to find players, you know, we are now coming up on the trade deadline. The trade deadline in the NFL um, is, is actually this year on October 31st. So Halloween um, is the trade deadline. And, yeah, like I'm, I'm curious to know what what some of the names that you um, uh, that you're you're hearing, um, like uh, like I, I you know I know that the 
I, I'd be interested to hear. I have some ideas, but like, yeah, what what have you heard? Or I mean, I've seen, seen like kind Leo Collins. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I don't think that's via trade. I think he's he's right now free agent. I think that right uh, did he did he come in and, and work out? Um, he did. He yeah, did. and and that was kind of a no go. And and to me, you know, if 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 he didn't walk out of there with a contract, like it's probably not a good situation. If 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 he's if you feel more confident in Schweitzer and Turner, you know, uh, that's probably Oof. not good. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, right tackle from Minnesota, I believe, um, was one that got floated in uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, it it might have yeah. been Leatherwood because I, I think it was kind of people thinking that Minnesota was going to fire sale. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, kind of, kind of in conjunction or in, you know, conjun- yeah, conjunction with uh, the Kirk Cousins rumors and everything. So, yeah, I, I, at this point in the season, in my opinion, is always when you're talking about offensive linemen, if someone's willing to get rid of them, it's probably not an answer or a fix that you mm-hmm. need. Oh, like the, the, the best O'Neal. answer is on your I looked yeah, it up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank sorry. You. Leatherwood's elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Um, but, I was thinking uh, of Derisaw. I always get Derisaw and Leatherwood connected because I think they were in the same class. I don't know. Why. So, oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, Brian O'Neill. Brian O'Neill. Yeah. So Brian O'Neill. Um, mm-hmm. And then there was somebody on Philly. I feel like that was riding the bench that got a few starts. But again, like I, the, I if, think if they, they would hold on, on to team. because of Lane Johnson. Because of like Lane Johnson. Like I think they always struggle when Lane Johnson's out. So like. Yeah, uh, I think that they would want to hold on to any tackles that they would have on their. On I their agree, bench. but if if the answer is not on your team right now, there's no answer. Uh, and yeah. that's that's when it comes to offensive or defensive line. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna get somebody in there that's gonna, you know, that you're gonna plug in and is gonna blow the socks off of anybody. Like it's, it's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, people are obviously starting to to pick up this idea of, you know, obviously it's it's a convenient, you know, thing thing to talk about, but yeah, like the the Hardman trade trade was um was interesting, but you know, apparently, you know, there were some questions about his ability to pick up the offense and it wasn't going well and, you know, I don't know how true or not true that is, but like yeah, what the line is is clearly someone uh, a place that that they could they could use some some more help. Like I don't necessarily know that um, that going out and trading for players, uh, like especially at the skill position, like I don't know how helpful that would be to this team. Whether you want to give up the capital, like you know, kind of expire out capital now for you know picks or, or whatever you would need to do that. I just I don't know that that makes a ton of sense. I think you want to be able to keep building especially next year, like you want to be able to get a couple more, like if they don't use their first two draft picks on offensive line, like I'm going to lose my shit. Like I just, <laughs> I know you don't need space draft, but you kind of have to need space draft when you've got Aaron Rodgers in the building and committing to another year. Um, but yeah, like I think the offensive line is an area tight end would be interesting. I like, I don't know if they would, if they would, you know, want to pull in somebody from the outside. Yeah. At this point, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's players to be had. Like, I don't think the defense needs anything. Um, I, but like you, we were kind of talking about like who needs to step up. Like, I really want to see if okay. So the Jets use their bye week. They trade McCole Hardman. You know, everybody 
wants to see a decrease in snaps from Randall Cobb. Doesn't mean that Cobb doesn't see the field, but it does mean that, hey, we need to be putting somebody on the field that's more dynamic. And, you know, if that's going to be, and you're not going to pull Lazard off the field, and you're not going to pull um, uh, Garrett Wilson off the field, like the, the obvious third receiver that you're going to have to pull off the field is, is Randall Cobb. So like, I really want to see what Xavier Gibson does kind of over the next uh-huh. 10, whatever, 13, 11 weeks. Um, see, see what that looks like. I think he is going to be a big X factor in what the team does. Like, obviously the team is trying to find ways to manufacture touches to get him the ball. Yes. He's very much like a manufactured touch guy, jet sweep reverses, you know, that sort of thing. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how he would do kind of in a standard, you know, 40, 60, 80% of the snaps playing out of the slot. Like, I don't know if he's ready for that or, or if he can even handle that. Like, is he more of the Kadarius Tony type or something, something like that? Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I hope he isn't Kadarius Tony. I'm just saying like, as a person, nobody's not Kadarius Tony, but, but like, um, like that type of a role where it's like, okay, he's, he only gets 10 snaps, but the 10 snaps that he's in the, he's on, on the field, he's touching the ball six times or that, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Like I could see them definitely doing that. Um, but then, right. Like at some point you have to then start to step it up and say, okay, well, yeah, we, we can't give him the ball. Like we're, we're the defense is going to key on the fact that he's in the game and they know he's getting the ball. So then, then you have to figure out other ways to disguise that and you give him more snaps. So, so I mean, I'd be curious to see what they do with Gibson. Um, Travis, you talked about the tight ends. Like, I think, yes, we've had inconsistency there. Everybody loves, you know, the analytics folks and Twitter loves, loves Rucker. I, I love her too. Um, he is of that group, obviously the most unproven for, for, for two reasons. Number one, he's the youngest in that room. Um, who's, who's on the active roster. Number two, when he was playing at Ohio state, right. He played at Ohio state. Like he did not see a ton of targets because think about who he was sharing the field with at Ohio yeah. state. Not, not a lot of targets to go around for you as a tight end when you're playing with Chris Olave and Jackson Smith of Jigba and Garrett Wilson. Well, yeah, Garrett Wilson. Like all those guys like that have run through Ohio State. Like there just was not a lot of time for him. So like I understand that we want to like, you know, we as fans like want to see more Ruckert, but Ruckert it needs more reps. Like I, I think he's going to by the end of this year, you know, have some good productive games in terms of like catches and that sort of thing. But I, I think we really need to be thinking about him as like a next piece. Like he's really, I think, going to be a big part of the ovens next year. Um, but like, yeah, we need to start ramping it this year. I, I think that would be a valuable thing. And then, you know, relying on him next year, uh, that would be a, but like, yeah, we need to ramp in that direction because he just did not get the looks that he might have otherwise deserved in another offense playing where he played in college. So it's just, I think it's, it's, you know, slower going for someone like him. Um yeah. And then, and then defensively, like um, this isn't even an on the field thing, guys, this is an off the field thing. And everybody's talking about it. I think they're right to talk about it. Like Bryce Huff needs a contract. Like, I mean, I understand yep. if his agent doesn't want him to sign a contract with the jets. Um, but if I am the GM of the New York jets, like I am trying to find a way to keep this guy on the roster in 2024. Um, and, but, but like, uh, like, so I would be actively talking to the agent, seeing if there's things you can do to get him ahead of free agency. Um, but 
look, like if I'm Bryce Huff or I'm Bryce Huff's agent, like they also have to understand that like, hey, you know, there's two there's two options. We take something now and we we get a deal that we like, um, that we're happy with and we can live with um, or we risk it. We risk injury. Right. And we risk how that might impact a contract like that's kind of what they have. And so if the agent and Huff are of the mind, well, you know what, we want to see what the market will bear and we'll risk, you know, what we're going to have to do to get there over the next 11 or more games to, to, to get to the market, um, then they're going to do that thing. And I think they, if, assuming they can run that gauntlet, like they will be well financially rewarded for that. Um, now, you know, it, it might not work out that way and, and we'll see, but like, he's a guy that I would love the team to really try and make an effort at signing. Um, but then like, and this is the thing that nobody wants to hear, but I'm going to say it anyway. Like, I don't want Bryce Huff to leave this team. <laughs> no one wants Bryce Huff at this point to leave this team. But if he does leave this team and he gets a freaking massive contract from another team, well, guess what? Now we're starting to kind of, you know, build that golden loom kind of like, a, you know, whatever, like w- you, you move more into that Ravens or Patriots, um, you know, mentality where it's like we, we develop players, we see them flourish, we get, you know, we extract what we can out of these players and then they go on to the market and they get a massive contract. And then hopefully because they get that massive contract, we get an extra third round pick next year. Right. Like Mm. now that's delayed gratification. And that's the kind of stuff that only long term general managers and, um, you know, whatever staffs get to benefit from. But like I I do want people to see like if the Jets can't resign Huff, but he plays at such a level that he becomes a superstar for some other team, the Raiders next year or whatever, like. It's not the worst case scenario for us. Yes. And I think, you know, with Quincy Williams, with Huff, like we've seen this team's ability to take some guys that are, we don't know what they are. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're not. Um, but defensively to, to kind of, you know, make them flourish. So um, now, you know, depending on how this defense ends up this year, they might have to do it without Jeff Ulbrich. So, uh, so I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. What do you think about Bryce Huff? What do you think about his future with this team? What do you think their ability to find somebody else who could, you know, if they can't get him back with this team, uh, you know, whatever, find someone to replace him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Bryce Huff. Obviously I don't think any of us are going to say anything else. Um, love him. Think the world of him, want him to get a jets contract, want him to like, you know, feel the squeeze and just go, let me just sign a three or four year contract right now. Um, I just don't think he's going to do it. I think he's going to wait. Um, obviously, all the metrics, all the play, the eyeball test, mm-hmm. everything is pointing up for him. Um, and so, yeah, I think I think it is going to be something that we're going to ha- – Joe does not seem like the kind of GM that's – you know, we've seen it time and time again. He's very patient with his assets. He's very patient with his resources, um, does not seem to make, um, you know, kind of – I don't think it would be irresponsible in this case, but like kind of at quick judgment, let's throw some money at this. Um, seems like a guy that's going to be willing to wait, loves his draft picks, 
um, would love a compensatory pick for a guy like Bryce mm-hmm. Huff. And so um, there's there's just all the evidence in the world that Br- Bryce is probably not a Jet next season. And it's a little sad for sure. Um, all the reasons you just said that it's not the end of the world. Um, and, and just thinking about the money that they're going to have devoted on that side. DJ Reed's going to want a big contract. Yeah. Doss is going to be getting a big contract. Um, you still have Mosley. Like, what are you going to do with Quincy? Um, you got a lot of money that you're going to have to devote on that side of the ball to keep, um, to keep that unit intact as best as possible, but you can't keep everybody. Um, I would think that Bryce is a guy that they would look at, um, and just decide now that that's a guy to invest in. Um, even if it's going to cost top dollar. Um, so it wouldn't shock me if they're making some offers, but it wouldn't, it would shock me if they were kind of franchise altering numbers that they're offering in the middle of the season. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're going to be next season in that waiting game, um, hoping to play, you know, the, Hey man, come back, be loyal to the team. Um, we're going to want to be irrational Jet fans, and I don't think that that's uh, – I don't think that's on the business side is going to work out in our favor. Think the world of that guy. Want him to make as much money as he possibly can. That probably just means it will not be with our team. Um, Travis, question for you. Um, like the one team that uh, – I mean, there's teams that are definitely breaking off parts and either, you know, just throwing them on the on the road as they go or – we're trading them. You know, we've, we've seen a little bit of that from the Cardinals already. Uh, the Broncos are, are really gearing up in, in that area. Um, there's a guy for them uh, who just signed a contract, uh, McGlinchey, the right tackle. Oh, yeah. Think, yeah. Like, I'm curious if you've seen him play or what you think of his play. Like, they just signed him to a massive contract, I believe, this past year. Um, but, I mean, crazy I'm, I'm trying to look it up as we're talking like um if, if it's who i think it is yeah like he oh yeah yeah okay so they signed him to a five eighty seven million deal um you know basically formerly with san francisco like i don't i don't think that they would be moving him or what they would want is going to be more than the jets would want to pay but like is that the sort of is that the sort of person you would reach out to the Broncos about and say like, Hey, what, what do you want for this guy? You're, you're clearly, you're clearly, you know, tearing it down. So what, what do you want? Um, you know, I, definitely it's, it's worth a, It's worth the call. Like, uh, I, I remember watching him in, uh, in San Fran. Uh, I, I remember watching, uh, his tape from, uh, Notre Dame. Um, dude is pretty, pretty damn solid. Uh, but the one thing about it is tackles are a building block that you don't want to throw out when you're rebuilding. That's one of the mistakes that we've always had was we never, never had, you know, those tackles (laughs) to, to, to keep during rebuilding. And, uh, you know, I don't see, I don't see the Broncos tearing down, you know, their, their offensive line to get to that point, because the offensive line is not, well, I, some of the offensive line is a problem, but if you have, you know, somebody like McGlinchey, like that's somebody that you hold on to and, and reinvest in, in, you know, the other positions uh, around him on the line and outside. Uh, But, you know, if, if he is available, that's somebody I would definitely make a call on. Uh, I just don't Mm. see that happening because my, my big thing about the, if, if, if uh, the answer is not on your team, there's no answer is that offensive line is no one is going to come available that 
is of quality. Like there, there's just no way because if, if they're tanking, that's not somebody you're going to get rid of because that's somebody that you need for, you know, to be there to protect your, you know, incoming quarterback, whoever that is, if you're drafting him, you know, they need protection. If they're a veteran, you know, they're definitely going to need protection. So, you know, I, I don't see any of the fire sales that are going on mm. getting rid of anyone of any, any clouts or, or any quality on the, on the line. So unfortunately, but mm. I definitely do diligence hundred percent. Hmm. All right. Well, um, yeah. Uh, last question before we go, guys. Um, <laughs> it has to be asked because, you know, the gentleman is is showing up in the building. He's, you know, throwing some passes before the the preseason starts, uh, before the season, before the preseason, before the game starts, you know, uh, the Jets last game against the, the Eagles. Like uh, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, Going to be back. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, uh, he plays uh plays kick returner. I think um he's he's back with the team, spending time with them, and will continue to spend time with them over over the you know remainder of the of his time on the injured reserve. I don't know how much specifically, but he will be around. Um, I mean, okay, he can stand on his foot, put a little weight on it, and throw a pass. Uh, but everybody wants to know, and we're not doctors, so we, we don't we don't know what the answer is here. But like, if you had to guess, when do when does Aaron Rodgers potentially you know come off the injured reserve? And then if he comes off injured reserve, like what what do you do with your team at, at that point? Like, I mean, I don't know. Thought thoughts on that, Josh? Start with you. Yeah, I mean, there's a million, there's a million scenarios that we don't know yet. I mean, we're, I, I, are we two months? Are we eight games away from even the possibility? You know, are we mid December, um, late December before there's even the hint of, Hey, this guy might be able to play. What's our record at that point? How's Zach playing? How's the offensive line looking? Um, you know, I think there's so many scenarios. My, my bet is we don't see him this year. I'm still going to, if, if you're, if you're asking me, you know, October 23rd, are we going to see Aaron back on the field in a Jets uniform? Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen this year, but, um, in, in the world where Zach's maybe having a late season swoon, we're sitting on nine wins. We're in one of the wild card seats. Um, we're staring down Dolphins Patriots final two games of the season. We need a win in Foxborough. Do you throw Aaron out there in the middle of the first quarter just to see what he could do? Um, it's a non-zero chance. I'll say that. Uh, and it seems like every indication from him is that the, you know, as he, as he keeps saying no timelines every week looks like we're checking things off the timeline boxes. So, um, I, I, I will stay on the side of we don't see Aaron again this season. Um, I'd rather err on that side and and be proven wrong by uh, a questionable Achilles surgery that he underwent, um, knowing that like a parent of a 12-year-old playing Pop Warner, I will be wincing on every snap if he's on the field <laughs> behind center, hoping to God that his Achilles doesn't fly past my head into the parking lot. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to err on the side. We don't see him. And I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to get, get out the old heart meds, uh, for every single play. If he yeah. is actually back on the field, get your, get your statins, Travis. Cause, uh, <laughs> here, here, this was an article from last week on CBS sports, uh, by Cody Benjamin, who writes, um, 
so this guy, Marty Jaramillo, who's an injury expert. He used to work for ESPN. Now he works for CBS Sports based in Westport, Connecticut. What, what? hey Yeah, there you go. Just down the street from some really good pizza. Um, uh, anyway, so so he says he's moving. This is his quote uh, from the article. He's moving at almost three times as fast as traditional protocols. Jaramillo told CBS Sports on Monday, no boot, no crutches, minimal limp. It's quite exponential. There's no precedent for this type of recovery following an Achilles tear. He's beating back Father Time. Um, basically, they're using the speed speed bridge uh, the speed bridge technique, which is a new a new technique. But Jaramillo says in this article, or is you know kind of quoted or backgrounded for, um, he could be ready to play in 12 to 14 weeks after surgery, which would mean a return to the lineup as early as Week 15 when the Dolphins or when the Jets visit the Dolphins. On December 17th, um, continuing to quote crazy, Jeremillo has his own doubts, but he's, quote, happy to be wrong, as Rogers' current rehab suggests he'll be. By month four or even three at this p- pace, we sh- uh, or shall we say at Rogers' pace, we should be the equivalent of month nine or ten of traditional healing. So, so mm-hmm. Travis, do you think we are going to see Aaron Rodgers week 15 in Miami? Uh, like, I mean, I don't know. Seems seems wild. Oh, you might be on mute, sir. Yes, sir, you are on mute. Trav is he is speechless. Yeah, I, he, he no, might be I'm here. Okay, I yeah. uh, I was gonna say that uh, I think he's gonna be back by Black Friday game, the first Miami. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it because wow. uh, because here. Okay, here. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> oh, I'm gonna tinfoil. I'm gonna tinfoil hat it real quick. So if if I if I get hauled away in a in a in a black SUV and I'm not on the podcast next week, we know that uh, Joe Douglas right. got to me. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that is the week where uh, I believe the sixty five percent of him playing would be gone, which would mean we do not owe Green Bay a first round. Nice. Um, you know, there, there's, it, it just seems a little fishy to me that, you know, no one's ever recovered this quickly. You know, he's, he's, he's killing it. You see him out there throwing. I mean, I legit did see that freaking, that, that Achilles pop on TV. We all yeah. did. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't know. It's a little weird that, that he's coming back so quickly and that, uh, that first round pick in next year's draft was contingent upon him playing this year. Um, and that was such a huge sticking point of the, the negotiations. Um, I, I think we'll see him back, you know, in, uh, if not that the first week of December, um, I think he's going to be back and I think it's going to change a whole lot of things, uh, on the offense. And, and I think it's actually going to be, a very good thing. You know, I, th- I think that's kind of a, a, you know, it's, it's always good when the teams, you know, hit their stride, you know, the mm-hmm. last three, four weeks of the season. Um, we're switching up our entire playbook, th- you know, three, four weeks uh, <laughs> before the end of the season, but towards something that most of the offense is already more comfortable with than what we're doing right now. So uh, I think that it could be a really cool thing. And I, th- I, I do think that he'll be back by December. Dang. It's almost it's it's almost if you you you're saying that this was predetermined, say say even scripted uh, by by certain hey, 
certain things. I, is that what you're saying? I read an article the other day that said free will does not exist. And, and uh, Oh, uh, dude, mm. you must be listening. Okay, uh, there's this neuroscientist guy. Okay, we, we'll yeah. talk about that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah dude. That, that's fascinating. That's, that's fascinating. Uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, I, I heard him on the um, uh, Galloway podcast. He was a uh, Prop G podcast. He was talking to him. And it was a fascinating it's conversation. It's insane. Yeah, and the best the best question Prof G asked him is like, so you have children, right? So how do you deal with your children if 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 if, if, if there's no free will? How do you deal with your children like when they're little? You know, it was a great answer. It's a great answer. It's really good. That is, um, that anyway. is good. Okay, awesome. Well, guys, there's no free will. We are all Jets fans. Um, I sure hope <laughs> that that Aaron Rodgers comes back, but um, we will be back next week um, after the Giants game. Uh, this could be more of a as we were talking about this could be more of a dicey affair than than we initially thought but like i really look forward to brian gable screaming at uh his own players and you know self-sabotaging his his team and hopefully we'll get to see some of that uh, over the weekend but everybody thanks for listening um again we'll be back after the giants so enjoy it make sure to rate like and review or whatever we do to podcasts and we'll see you after the giants game Bye bye <laughs>